For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this podcast. This is episode 49. My name is Tim Mitchell and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jonathan Kuline and Mr. Mississauga. Hello there. We're also joined by Jaime Lippes Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? All right. Well, it's been a while. We're back. We're back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have a lot to cover today. Um, I think th- there's a primary reason, a prime reason why we're uh, here today. Is it to talk about the but, Raptors being the NBA champions? Yeah, of course. <laughs> that, that was exactly what I was thinking. Exactly what I was thinking. Let's go yes. Raptors. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, all right. Uh, so let's start off with some fact checks. So we had one thing from the last episode, which was 49, which seems like a long time ago. Um, so we had, uh, we had, uh, uh, we were talking about Westworld, and I was trying to remember the name of the, the actual star from the Westworld 1973 movie. It wasn't James Brolin. It was actually Richard Benjamin, who was in a ton of movies back then. And I don't know where he's gone, because we haven't seen him in a while. I'd guess I'd say The Grave, but um, I, I don't want to disrespect Mr. Benjamin. Perhaps he's still alive. Yeah, but he's like, he's sort of, a, yeah, that's true. But he's, he's of that age of, of you know, um, what's his name's father, uh, married to Barbara. Streisand. James Brolin. Brolin. James Brolin. Thank you. Yes, yes. Who got his start as Dr. Richard Kiley on uh, Marcus M- Marcus Welby, MD, for those of you driving at home. All right. So, yeah. So, you were saying something about the Raptors, Jonathan? I guess I'm looking, I'm looking at the show notes here. <laughs> well, I just want to, I'm going to put that every other note is going to be, by the way, the Toronto Raptors won Still the, the world's champions. NBA so championship. I, I, as a side note, I went and saw Do the Right Thing at TIFF the other day, and um, we went the second night, the night after uh, Spike Lee was there doing a Q&A. But they replayed the Q&A, and he started out with, you guys are the world champions. So if Spike Lee can give us the nod, yes. then I think we're, we're within our rights to drive this point into the ground. And in spite of the tragic events that have uh, befallen the team is yeah, since, the tragic events. since yeah, yeah. then, uh, i.e. our best uh, player deciding he'd prefer to go home and play in Los Angeles, which we don't begrudge him, but we are a little sad. Uh, mm-hmm. We still have the parade. We still have the championship banner that's going to go up this fall, and uh, nothing will ever take away the championship we won. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that. That's true. That's true. Yes, sir, Bob. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So, Jaime, you have the first story here. Why don't you hit us with it? Yeah. <laughs> Figured we just start front and center with this one because I knew you guys would uh, would would like this one. 
so the Orville season three will not be on Fox. And no, it's not canceled. It has moved over to Hulu as a Hulu exclusive. Don't know what this means for areas of the world that don't get Hulu. And I think that means literally everywhere except the United States. I don't think there's any no. international Hulu. Mm-hmm. So really unclear what's happening uh, in terms of how, how do you continue to get your Orville fix for season three? No idea. Um, for me, I will be subscribing to Hulu, but I'm, you know, I don't want to collect all the, <laughs> the streaming <laughs> services at Gotta once. Gotta your mission. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, there's, you know, Handmaid's Tale, you know, you know, season two and three that I have to catch up on. And uh, Jonathan's talking about Runaways. So I'm like, mm, should I, you know, I don't, I don't know how these episodes are going to be released. I just assume it's going to be week by week the way that Discovery was done. So you kind of squeeze out more subscriber time. So I might, I might wait until they're all out and then just binge all of that Hulu content in one month. Hmm. So I'm, I'm bummed about that one, um, you know, from a, I sure enjoyed getting the show for free, but it is nice that they'll be able to spend a little bit more, according to this article, on special effects and other things. And, and it sounds like part of the reason for this moving was the fact that uh, McFarlane was like, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be able to have episodes ready until, you know, late 2020. I said, what? <laughs> okay, yeah. maybe we can support that then. <laughs> we can't wait that long, you know. Uh, CBS All Access can wait because, you know, you pay no matter what. But uh, like for Discovery, and uh, I don't really like in this as, you know, being quite a juicy exclusive as Discovery was for CBS All Access. Clearly that helped launch that platform and, and Hulu is already existing platform. It just adds to the uh, uh, the armaments that Hulu has in its battles against every other provider. Well, we talked about it in a previous episode, the fact that they are uh, they are produced by Fox Studios, which is now owned by, uh, owned by Disney as part of the acquisition. And we were talking about, well, you know, the show's done well by Fox, but the question is, will Fox want to keep airing shows that Disney actually owns the rights to now? Um, I wonder how much sort of behind the scenes stuff, because for them, this is the kind of stuff they want on Hulu because they now have the majority share in Hulu. They want people's mm-hmm. eyes on there and they want to build up the traffic for it because they're going to put some of their own stuff. We talked about uh, uh, Ghost Rider and uh, uh, Hellstorm and some of the other stuff that they've got coming there as well, right? Yeah, and, it, and I think this really is becoming true. What I'd said before of, oh, Disney will do this the same way they had the relationship between Disney Pictures and Miramax, where the family-friendly stuff comes through Disney and the more risque stuff, you know, sex, violence, drugs, profanity, that sort of stuff is going to tend towards Miramax. And in this case, Hulu is that that equivalent party. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the momentum carries because you're, you're right, Jaime, the 2020 timeline is an interesting one. A lot of people, and I think maybe the three of us included, I don't want to speak for Tim, but the, I think the season got stronger as it went on in season two. And I think it got, you know, more interesting. I think interesting. the last two episodes got stronger. The rest of it was crap. And so <laughs> I do wonder <laughs> about the momentum curve of that too. If they're talking about not coming back for an, like a full year and a half now, uh, that's that's a long break for a show that's still relatively, I mean, it's got some episodes behind it now, but that's, it's still not quite entrenched in the zeitgeist like that. It's a weird, um, it seems like it's a, a weird new reality for um, special effects heavy shows. Like uh, we talked about the, the big gap. I don't think it was quite as big, but certainly still a big gap for Discovery. It didn't come out like year after year at the same exact time. Even though it's a, a smaller set of episodes, you know, like 10 episodes, 10, you know, 10 to 13 episodes versus like old school TNG that was 25-ish episodes week after week. Um, it just seems like it's a new a new world where, 
if you like stuff that is not special effect laden, you can probably get those, you know, those seasons year after year. And for things that are, it's going to be a year and then sometimes you know, a year and a half and maybe some other gap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck to them. Hopefully it'll pay off. I, I am curious too, to your point, Jaime, what, uh, what this means as far as the Canadian broadcast, we tend to get Hulu broadcast material spread to the four winds. So some of it airs on uh, space. Some of it airs on um, showcase here in Canada. Um, some of it's on Crave directly, which is our, uh, one of our streaming services. So uh, I, I have confidence that a show that's established like that will probably be able to find a home, but uh, who knows what that will be. Speaking of home wrecking. <laughs> yeah, speaking of home wrecking and, uh, and the Orville. Yeah, sorry, I, I had to tag this one in here as, as a piggyback to Jaime's story. So uh, the news was out this week that, um, so we, I guess we, we don't think we've addressed this in the past. Adrian Palicki uh, and Scott Grimes, who are two of the stars of the Orville, uh, got married. They got engaged and they got married uh, having developed their relationship on the show. And it was kind of a strange one because, um, you know, I, I just I, I guess their characters don't interact. It's hard to imagine them being together, but, you know, they seem to be getting together and they got married and uh, now they're getting divorced. It's been two whole months and uh, she has apparently uh, decided that she's had enough and they are now getting a divorce. And I don't know how to feel about that because it was kind of weird that they got together and now it's weird that they're separated. And I wonder what that does for the chemistry on the set. Hmm. I'm surprised yeah. that they were th- that that would even have a, an impact on the characters in the show. But you're right; it, it kind of wonders. It's an odd pairing for if you if you were to look at it from the point of view of who's on the show and what role they play. So, but you know, people are people, and they have different relationships, and are different people off stage, off set, as it were. Right? It's true, and and but you know, I mean, there is a, an age discrepancy. I think that was the part that sort of caught me because Scott Grimes is uh, he, he's 48, she's only 36. So I thought, oh, okay, that's yeah. well, an unusual choice but whatever love is love and you know but uh yeah it was funny that that you know the announcement sort of came that they had gotten together and then that they had gotten engaged and then they had gotten married and now two months later it's got a divorce this is quite the uh, the whirlwind for these two and uh yeah it, there was obviously we discussed it in in a previous episode there was a bit of a discussion whether halston sage who was alara um she was apparently uh according to internet rumors take that for what it's worth was uh mm-hmm. involved with seth mcfarland and apparently that ended and then she is now off the show i wonder if this has any potential to be that kind of impactful you know decisions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so now you have two people who are divorced and yet have to work together and is getting weirdly meta for this show yeah yeah it is absolutely yep for sure yeah that's a strange one. All right, let's move on to the uh, next story here, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I know uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan, and I know you are, Tim, as well. I don't know about you, Jaime, but uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, an all-time classic, and um, it sort of had some ups and downs as far as adaptations go. It, you know, uh, famously a BBC radio show, a radio play, and then uh, also they did a, a television program, which was extremely cheesy but really, really funny. Uh, uh, and then in 2005, they did a film adaptation starring Martin Freeman um, that was not terribly well received, but I think people were excited to see it nonetheless. Uh, I know Tim and I were there on opening night. Um, there's a story that Hulu's next uh, next big push into creating uh, adapted content is going to be uh, an adaptation of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the report is that Carlton Cuse uh, and Jason Fuchs will be running it. Um, so, you know, obviously uh, Carlton Cuse worked on Lost, is you know, very, very uh, well-known uh, uh, television maker. 
Um, interesting that this is something that they're going to be after. There's not a lot of details yet so far. There's, you know, it's pretty loose, just that, that, that's sort of the, the, the taste of it, but, uh, wanted to get your impressions guys. Uh, you know, uh, I know I'm in for anything that they do in this universe. It, I don't think you could top it because nobody's really taken it far enough. Uh, you know, we got the movie, the movie sort of only did kind of the first book. Uh, we've got the TV show that covered the first two books and maybe into the third, but we never really got the whole the whole shebang uh, what, do, what do you guys think about the idea of this being a, a hulu regular series i mean i think i think for me uh, this will be very similar to the doctor who discussion where i'm like oh that seems interesting uh, in this case i actually have unlike doctor who where i'd seen nothing other than you know small clips here and there uh, i actually have seen the the movie with uh, alan rickman as uh, the robot and stuff yes yes um uh, so I think I will watch this, uh, particularly if it ends up aligning with the Hulu stars, <laughs> me buying for for uh, the Orville. Uh, but I'm actually pretty interested in this. I think I'll give it a chance, just like the same way I did Doctor Who. Of like, I'm aware of the um, uh, the cultural impact. I've not been a fan, not because I dislike it, but just because I never, you know, had an opportunity to get exposed and into it. So this might be my opportunity to jump in. Mm-hmm. Cool. And in the sad news department, yeah. So we we lost. Uh, we lost a sci-fi icon this week. Uh, Rutger Hauer uh, died this week, age 75. Uh, of course, you know, uh, for sci-fi fans, uh, playing Roy in Blade Runner, such an iconic role. And of course, one of the greatest sci-fi speeches of all time, his death scene uh, at the end of that movie. Spoilers, if you haven't seen this movie from the 1980s. Um, Seriously, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, you know, I think a lot of people sort of, you know, had not really thought about Rector Howard very much in the last, you know, little while. He was, you know, still working in, um, he was on True Blood, I guess, for a while. And he did uh, um, Gallivant. He's obviously a very um, prolific actor, worked for a very long time from the 70s straight through till uh, to the, you know, the last few years. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, Lady Hawk, uh, you know, his his uh, sci-fi fantasy bona fides are very, very strong. So uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of sad to see somebody like that gone. Uh, you know, uh, I saw people repeatedly quoting his famous uh, speech at the end, which I did not realize uh, and maybe it's just because of my age that he, I guess he improv some of that speech in mm. at the end mm. of the movie, which is again, become this sort of iconic uh, uh, you know, soliloquy in in, uh, in sci-fi so yeah, sad, sad to see him go Yeah, sad, and, and you're right it's such a good monologue at the very end there that I had a discussion with a friend because we were talking about his passing, we're like, oh yeah, you know because he, he was a good guy, I'm like good guy he was clearly the villain in the movie it's just he's not like a black and white villain right like he's like the freedom fighter for his people sort of thing it's so compelling you can understand his point that he does such a good job of turning what could be oh no like evil robot has gone wild and like it's going to kill us all and it's like well no i actually kind of see his point and it's so poignant his you know soliloquy there at the end that you're like oh my gosh like i feel like i've switched sides in, in alliances well it, it in the end it makes the movie a tragedy you know, when, when you're sort of following along and it's just sort of a crime noir and, you know, Deckard's got to stop these robots that are on the rampage and, you know, the first few are very much just more sort of bloodthirsty and, and so is Roy mm-hmm. and that scene is terrifying where Roy is hunting him through the building and he breaks his hand and, uh, but that scene, it, it humanizes him in a way that uh, even the desire to stay alive, which he expresses through the entire movie, doesn't 
important. The idea that he is haunted by his experiences and that his death is a loss for people is is really powerful. Like that's what I think what really makes the movie. It makes it as much as the dynamic between uh, between Deckard and and um, uh, the Sean Young character. His his arc is really really interesting, and to end that way really it makes the movie much more poignant. Yeah, Indeed. it's funny too. But I think of the time though. You know, now we share everything, right? And and we try to share everything, and people you know are constantly posting their lives online. But at the time that that story was written and the story was was portrayed, a person's experience was their own, unless they had another way of expressing it, you know, and sharing it. And I think that's what Roy was was lamenting was the fact that in his death, he you know he in that last soliloquy was he he'd seen things that none of us are going to experience ever, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, and you know, and he was another another iconic actor. I mean, he was also he was one of the Expendables and Expendables Two, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he kept coming back as you know uh, in different roles as a, as a sort of tough guy, and it's it's surprising to hear a tough guy pass away, you know, mm-hmm. like it just that just doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think he ever, I don't think it was like you know ever any indication that that you know he was he was you know seventy five years old is not young, but um, there's never any indication that there was anything wrong. I mean, like you know he'd been around, he was around and. Now he's gone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, R.I.P. Mr. Uh, Howard, you were uh, beloved, and you have left an indelible memory in a lot of us. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in happier news, <laughs> speaking of uh, of older men who are acting, um, so one of, uh, we've got we're going to get really into it in this episode. We're going to talk about uh, some of the stuff that came out of San Diego Comic Con. There's lots and lots of interesting news for us to discuss. But one of the things that came out there that I was just absolutely uh, thrilled by was the fact that uh, there was some some information that started coming out about the CW's big superhero crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths that they've been touting since last fall um, that is of course going to cover through uh, you know Arrow and Flash and Supergirl and um, Legends of Tomorrow and uh, and Batgirl or Batwoman excuse me Batwoman the new series um, it was revealed that they are going to bring back and cross over with a whole bunch of other DC properties as part of this. Uh, they had mentioned that uh, Tyler Hoechlin is going to come back as Superman. They also mentioned that Brandon Routh is going to be wearing his Superman costume from uh, Man of Steel at one point. And they also mentioned that Burt Ward, who was Robin in the 1960s what? Batman series, <laughs> is going to be appearing as... Uh, they didn't say he's appearing as Robin, but... A really old Robin. Well, really? but that's... So What I guess what they're going to say is that there's they're going to do scenes from characters from infinite earths and on one earth that's the reality is that you know adam and bert were batman and robin um it's a shame it's a shame that adam west couldn't have lived to be part of this that would have just been a magical experience but i'm really excited that bert's getting this opportunity too to come play in the sandbox um he's been such a good sport about you know playing that role all those years ago and and how much uh you know he's engaged with the fans and stuff over the years um yeah i'm excited and, and there's a, a more rumors that apparently they're going to do uh they want to cross this over with the dc uh dceu the the, the movie universe and that they would mm-hmm. like to do if they can't actually 
get the actors on board, which they're not sure they're going to be able to, they want to be able to use clips from some of the movies to be able to flesh out that they exist in one of these timelines as well. So hmm. this is really, it's, I'm, I'm absolutely piqued by this. I'm, I'm really interested to see how this all comes together now. And uh, it sounds like it has the makings of being something really, really fun for, for comic book fans and, and even just, you know, longtime fans of, of all this stuff. So there's hope for George Clooney just yet, eh? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, I did see online today that, uh, have you guys seen the trailer for the new Jay and Silent Bob movie, the Kevin Smith? Uh, no, Jay, not yet. No. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. He, he released the trailer at San Diego as well. He uh, is doing, in the movie, the idea is that they're, oh, re- man, yeah. they're remaking Blunt Man and Chronic, but they're remaking right. it as Blunt Man v. Chronic. Uh, oh, really? A la, a la <laughs> Batman v Superman. And they hired uh, Val Kilmer to play Blunt, uh, Blunt Man. Oh, is that who was in the in the outfit on Twitter today? Yes. Okay. So Val uh. Kilmer, former Batman, is playing yeah. uh, Blunt Man. And Melissa ben- uh, Benoist rather, from Supergirl is playing Chronic. So he's, oh, got, really? he's got Batman playing one character and Supergirl playing the other character. Uh, but yeah, I saw Val Kilmer today in that uh, in the, the yeah, tricked but- out. He looks a little bit like the 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 uh, Ben Affleck Batman character in the in the last few movies, and it made me laugh because I was like, "That's pretty mm-hmm. funny stunt casting where you bring in that guy to play that part." But uh, no word as to whether or not he's been invited or George Clooney's been invited to, to play in this sandbox too. But uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. Uh, you guys excited about this one? You're more excited now? No. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that too. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. move on to the Terminator here. Let's, let's, we got a lot to cover. All right. Yeah, definitely, definitely excited about this one. If you want to talk about that one, Jonathan. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we got, so, let me ask a dumb question. First of all, yeah. Is Edward Furlong the first kid from the first movie? Uh, yes. Edward Furlong played John Connor in part, uh, two, Terminator two. Two. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause he wasn't in Terminator one. Yeah. Right. Terminator one. Well, he, he was, was a, in Terminator one. He was a fetus. Technically. He was a fetus. Um, yes. Yeah, so Edward Furlong <laughs> yes. is the first actor to play John Connor as, uh, a young right. man. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, has apparently signed on to be on uh, in Dark Fate, which is the new Terminator movie that's coming out. So we already knew Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger obviously were involved. Um, I don't know how to feel about this one. So so maybe I'll, I'll let you guys give me your thoughts as well. Edward Furlong had a bit of a rocky road post-Terminator. He had some troubles oh, really? with the law. Um, uh, spousal abuse was alleged at one point. I believe wow. he was uh, convicted of that. I don't want to disparage him here. I, I, I want to make sure I get my facts correct. Uh, but there has been a little bit of a backlash online about whether or not it was appropriate to go back to that well, uh, given his um, personal history. Personal yeah. history, yes. Hmm. Substance, substance well, abuse issues and domestic violence a, a, issues apparently is 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 the um, the, the past um, yeah. issues. Well, James or James Cameron did say he was going back to, or this is a reboot, not related to any of the other, other movies. Right? Yes. So. Yeah. He's he, As far as he's concerned, this is Terminator 3 after his Terminator 2. Right. Okay. Terminator he's 3 been, again. He's been hanging out with George Lucas too much. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about uh, A, the casting and B, uh, the casting given all those circumstances? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's odd. Like, yeah, given the circumstances, I, I do see the questioning of it. But like, why bring back this guy who's never, I mean, who's heard from him in the last 20 years, right? Uh, 
um, not me. So yeah, well, and I think that was the reason was again he had substance and and uh, you know uh, legal mm-hmm. matters that were I think derailed his career. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which fits with John Connor, but you know, yeah. who knows? All right, all right, let's move on. All right, some quick ones. Uh, so Doom Patrol renewed for season two. Uh, it's not only going to be on the DCU app in uh, the United States; it's going to be available on HBO Max, which is mm-hmm. the new. Uh, so that's HBO. Pay us lots of money. AT and T. Hi, may help me out here. It's a- HBO, AT and T. Who else? Who, who else is involved with that one? Warner. I forget because Warner Brothers. HBO has HBO has Go, which if you have a normal cable subscription, you can use the Go app ostensibly for free because you're already paying for HBO via your cable provider. Yeah. But there's also HBO Now, which is what I use. No cable provider, just paid straight up to subscribe, so I could watch Westworld season two and uh, Game of Thrones uh, the final season. Max is a very confusing addition to that, and you're right, it is through the AT and T, and it adds a few different sources of stuff. I think that's why it's the Max. You get more than just HBO. Yeah, maybe it comes with a separate stand that you have to buy for a thousand dollars. Yes, <laughs> the aluminum cantilever stand yeah. <laughs> for the HBO Max. Okay, so I found the list here. Content for HBO Max includes hold on to your socks here. Programming from HBO, Warner Brothers, New Line, DC Entertainment, CNN, TNT, TBS, True TV, The CW, Turner Classic Movies, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Crunchyroll, Rooster Teeth, Looney Tunes, and Originals. <gasps> so it's basically Canadian TV. Yeah, pretty much. That's a lot there. I mean, as we talked about with Disney and they like own darn near everything, here's like another company that owns darn near everything for all those channels and properties you talked about. Mm-hmm. So again, it's. It, I know there were some people who were sort of saying, you know, it's interesting that they're doing these for the DCU app. Um, they obviously they did uh, Doom Patrol, they did Titans, they've done uh, the Swamp Thing, sort of. It's, it's been canceled already, um, and there's more coming for that that app. Um, interesting that they're doing the sort of double distribution on this stuff. That uh, you, you'll be able to get it two different ways. It's it's probably pretty smart because uh, I I think that DCU app is pretty niche. Uh, another quick one, Good Place. Uh, just catching everybody up since our last broadcast. Good Place. I they, thought that was finished. That's what I'm confused no, about. No, season three ended uh, with a bit of a sort of um, reboot of the what's going on. Cliffy hanger. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I'm not going to get too far into it because obviously spoilers. Um, but it did sort of set the stage for a fourth season, and so. They got the news that it had been renewed for the fourth season, but now we're getting the news that it is ending after its fourth season. And this is not mm. uh, to do with ratings or anything else, apparently. It's just to do with the fact that the storytelling, they feel like they've got enough to do uh, 12 or 13 more episodes, and, and that'll wrap up the story. And they don't want to drag it on, and they don't want it to be uh, artificially padded. They just want it to end in a natural place. Uh, on one hand, obviously, I'd like it to end in a satisfying way. On the other hand, I think it's one of the best television shows on, on the air right now. So I'm sure. a little, little yeah. sad about that but uh but isn't Kristen bell also veronica mars she is and an outstanding veronica mars she is uh i i, I binged the hell out of that uh, last week and and loved it um but yeah i mean you know obviously it's uh, the show has done really well uh it's you know it's made stars of a few different people that were that are on it it uh you know obviously Kristen didn't need much help nor did ted danson but uh you know we're now seeing you know uh, jamila jamil and and william jackson harper and you know the, the rest of them are sort of you know rising stars now so i guess for them it's good they can move on to other things but uh but yeah it'll be bittersweet that's such a great show um i hope it gives mm-hmm. them a chance mm-hmm. to finish the way they want to and they're happy 
happy with it, but uh, but sad to see it go. Yeah, a lot of a lot of twists and turns in that show for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what's next? Two other cancellations. Another one's uh, close to my heart. Uh, Sci-Fi in the United States has canceled uh, Happy, and they have canceled Deadly Class. Deadly Class, based on an image comic, quite good, quite uh, well done. A little bit confusing why that one. I guess its ratings just didn't didn't justify it. Happy, I'm uh, absolutely heartbroken by I, it, that last season was again. I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to catch up. It was disgusting and it was so far over the top and I loved every second of it. It was the most audacious television show out there. The boundaries they pushed, how just over the top it was. It was so good. It was too good to be on TV. It really was. Um, but I'm devastated. So are you referring to the, the unicorn getting his horn polished? <laughs> yeah, well that was a big portion of it, yes. <laughs> um, it just it was just so crazy. I mean, Chris Maloney and uh, is just again he's such a great great actor and to see him just just being so bizarre and slapstick and weird and oh it was just such a great show it's i i cannot tell you how happy that show made me uh i'm 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 absolutely saddened that this show is going off the air but again i got to the end of season two and thought that i can't believe they got away with season two like i honestly felt like it wasn't going to get a season two i can't believe they got one and that they went as far to the edge as they did on it i didn't think it was going to get a season three but to know that that's the reality it's it's really tough sure, sure. before we we skip ahead to the main part of san diego comic-con i will note that nbc universal plans april 2020 to launch its own streaming service which oh yet another one right now Yay. has no content that we know of <laughs> other than the office so the office is moving friends. off of netflix and friends. oh sorry yes and friends so both of those are moving off of netflix and onto nbc universal's uh streaming service so is that enough just the two of those shows you think well it's a good foundation yeah, yeah. it, it you know, clearly it was worth a fair chunk of money for Netflix to pay to keep it on there. So I think now you just need some sort of marquee sort of title, maybe happy, uh, is a, uh, <laughs> you know, marquee thing to bring over and have to launch that station or that streaming service. Yeah. I mean, and also, the catalog is strong. NBC Universal's catalog is strong. Even if they just focus on their existing stuff, it'll be a strong performer. It's a matter then of what else are they doing for us, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. So the big trailer came out last week. Uh, we've been talking about Picard for a while, right? Um, and uh, yeah, we had San Diego, San Diego Comic Con. Lots of stuff came out of it, which is why we came out of hiding to to cover this. So, <laughs> why don't you lead in there, Jonathan? Yeah. Or I mean, Jaime. Oh, well, yeah. Absolutely, Jaime. Do you want to do you want to take that? No, I think I'll fill in the the color commentary here. You <laughs> wanted to give us the play by play, right? So, uh, yeah, we got our first full look at Picard. Picard we had we had seen a teaser trailer before that really just sort of gave us a a, a little soupçon that not enough. Uh, this one, we really get into the meat of it and we get, uh, oh man, so much stuff to talk about. So much, so much stuff to break down. Again, I, I don't know how many times you guys have watched this trailer, but for me, it's been several. Um, the fact that they, you know, they start actually sort of filling out the backstory of what we're going to see, um, you know, where Picard is. We knew that he was on his family's vineyard, uh, which we, of course, we've seen in past episodes of TNG and, um, most notably at the uh, Next Generation's finale, we show old man Picard retired on the, 
on the on the vineyard. Yeah, so that that finale takes place well after this. This is sort of prequelish to that, right? Yeah, yeah. So the idea would be that you know that future has come to pass in that he has retired from Starfleet and he's there uh, working there. But then, of course, as these things happen, something drags him back. And uh, in the trailer, we see that it's um, this you know young woman shows up and sort of says, "I need you, help me." And Picard has to go. Does off she have on metal another... tongs that come out of her wrist, her hey. wrists as well? Or yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how how the hell that plays out. But basically, the crisis, you know, that something comes up, he decides he's got to go and, and sort of follow this up, and he heads off on this adventure. And this trailer sort of shows us these little tastes of of you know what's there. Um, we get a glimpse of um, a drawer full of data parts. Uh, mm-hmm. that, obviously, we know it's not data. Data's dead. Data died sacrificing himself at the end of uh, the last TNG movie in um, Nemesis. Um, but we know that also B4 was B-4, B4, was the uh, robot that was the pre-Data model that had actually downloaded mm-hmm. Data's mind. So that could be Data. Um, and later, of course, in the trailer, it culminates with seeing an actual, what looks an awful lot like Data. Talking so what happened to Lore? Well, so I guess that's the question is, could could that be B4? Could that be Lore? Could that be a, a new, um, you know, Con, what's his, what's his name? Nunyan Soong? Nunyan Soong. Nunyan Soong, yeah. Robot or Android. Yeah, it could be anything. It seems to me like that little clip of him, it looks like he's playing cards with Picard. My take on that was, I think maybe that's a dream. Or a memory, yeah. Or a memory. But yeah, lots of little tastes here. You know, we see some new characters. We see some of the new, the actors who are going to be sort of the supporting role. Roles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we saw you know, Peyton List. We see you know, Allison Pill. Um, you know, lots of little sort of tastes of going on. The big reveal at one point is we see the giant Borg cube that looks like it's mm-hmm. been kind of smashed up, and then we get Jerry Ryan as uh, maybe Seven of Nine, or maybe as Annika Hansen. Um, mm. what, sorry, who? That's her name, Annika. Oh, her, her pre-Borg name oh, when she was gosh, a little kid yeah. before she got. Um, uh, she was a child when she was that person she right? was she was um well it is seven of nine because you can see that the she's got the thing over her left eye right? well she does so, but she's not wearing her cat suit and she's sort of looks well, like she's dressed that was kind of sexist really well it, it, it was certainly but then they did come up with a reason in the show why she was supposed to be wearing that outfit but um and what was that reason well it was supposed to be good for her uh biology because the doctor asked her to wear it for some medical reason i can't remember what they said what <laughs> okay and it, yeah there was a there was, in fact, some medical reason. They, they had to make they, up an excuse why they had her in a skin-tight catsuit for five years. Mm-hmm. And not a Star Trek uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it looks like this, you know, I mean, it's an absolutely tantalizing trailer. Um, yeah. it, it shows, obviously, those two familiar faces are the things that really catch your eye. You see Data and you see uh, Seven of Nine. You see the Borg. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's a big mystery. Um, and I guess that the, the punch at the end of it is that it says it's coming in early 2020. So we thought maybe we would see it before the end of this year. It sounds like we're going to see it, uh, yes, early 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you guys, what was your impressions? What do you think? Looks good. Can't wait. Yeah. Not sure about Amazon Prime, but there you go. That's that's the thing. (laughs) Amazon Prime? Like, what? Oh, that's right. Everybody except the United States gets as part of Amazon Video. I get to enjoy CBS All Access 
once again. And, oh, we, uh, we have that here in Canada, but we, we haven't got much details on it, right? So, Well, and in, yeah, in Canada, well, Space can... Channel is still going to be airing this. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay, then I'm happier, much happier. Yes. It will still be on Space. It'll still be on Crave here in Canada. They announced that right. uh, deal a little while back. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. On a previous yeah, episode and... of Spotcast, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and the other thing that's, that's, that's sort of related to this is the um, expanded short treks schedule well, before so you get into four. that we have some we have some picard follow-up-y kind of stuff to do oh yeah let's, let's go for that let's go for yeah, that before spoiler from twitter on here i thought that was you is that me oh really <laughs> well, maybe it was I me yes. okay yeah that was me okay yeah, yeah. I, I found two things two of these things on twitter so yeah this, this is this is a tweet that somebody had sort of made the connections between uh uh um, alice uh, what's her name um who plays the queen krieg um, alice krieg alice krieg yeah and and i'm not sure why they made this connection but you know it's kind of um possibly a connection between the borg picard and you know this this human that shows up or humanoid that shows up everybody's a humanoid in star trek so we can't really tell what they are until they show us their vital organs or something (laughs) but yeah so this is this is a bit of a spoiler so i don't know if you what you guys have think about this tweet or if you looked at it or not right these are lines from the from the uh the trailer Mm -hmm. spoilers if you haven't seen the trailer yet but interesting idea there there are as far as i can tell on the internet webs there are three distinct camps and the two primary camps are she is uh, some you know timey wimey um version of the you know borg queen before she becomes the borg queen that's why she might be the story of all there's another pretty popular camp that says no 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 you see all that stuff about data and picard she maybe she's lol or some sort of lol-esque mm-hmm. uh, soon droid uh android and then there is the other side that says no 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 what she is is related to the borg but she's picard's daughter from the presumed DNA material they extracted out of him when they assimilated him. Ooh, that's mm. a good one. That that one. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm unclear how that one. That one's like way less popular. That that one is the uh, you know the also ran <laughs> to the the primary two top finishers right between mm. uh, Lal and Borg Queen. So who knows? I, I I could see evidence in the in the trailers for for either one. Yeah, it's just further down, somebody put put up that uh, he's got a picture of uh, Deanna Troy and uh, and Riker. So hmm. We think, that, we think what, it's their child. What would be? What, yeah. What would be the the controversy about that? I wonder. I don't know. I don't know if it's the controversy so much as it's the intrigue. I guess. I guess. Yeah. That's that's kind of a, that's kind of a you know a low volley. It's not very not very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but so Ricky Modelo, who is he works for Apple and he's, he's kind of a, a geeky guy that we all kind of follow. Um, does did a couple of talks at WWDC and that kind of stuff. But he has got too much time on his hands <laughs> because he went and took apart the trailer. And he thought to himself, hmm, I wonder if, and if you look at the tweet that he's got here, he's got the, yeah. the, the appearance of Jerry Ryan in, in the uh, in the trailer, but he's also got the math behind the audio appearance of Jerry Ryan and the visual appearance of Jerry Ryan. And if you take those two things and you average them out over the length of the movie, or length of the trailer, she appears at exactly seven-ninths of the trailer. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it that they would throw in something like that. <laughs> you know, it seems weirdly close like how, how do you even know what seven ninths is if you yeah. were to, to do that? <laughs> nobody knows what that number is off the top of her head well it's point seven oh, it's around point seven seven or yeah but point seven seven according mm-hmm. to his math if we have to trust his math right so yeah i yeah, feel like that is the world of coincidence that people are trying to see patterns in but 
<laughs> you know, good, good on you, Ricky, for trying. Uh, that seems <laughs> the average of the voice. The I can't even imagine what, like, to what end, to what purpose would that be? Like, what? But yeah, but it, you know, seven of nine. Come on. <laughs> I think this is like the you know, like the Paul is dead sort of stuff yeah. that they could throw in there, keep the fans intrigued. I guess I'm more intrigued with uh, Ricky than I am with uh with and Ricky and his theories <laughs> now that I am with the idea that's the trailer. Yeah. Well, come on, it's the power of math, people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I stole that from a tweet just below here. <laughs> Everything I learned, I learned from Twitter. Yep. All right. Sorry, Jaime, I meant to I cut you off there on the Short Treks trailer part. No, there. I didn't realize I was not paying uh, close enough attention to what was after the Picard stuff. Right. And that is, uh, I was complaining. This By the way, the video is unavailable in my country. Just want to point that out. Oh, for the oh, show. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, it's only available in uh, the United States, unless, of course, you happen to subscribe to some sort of VPN service. That is dumb. It's literally a commercial yep. for stuff that they want you to, to, to see. Yeah, they, don't want, they don't want anybody but the Americans to see it, though. Right? Yes. That's the point. Yes. Canadians aren't allowed yeah, to enjoy it, this. It, it, it would explain why there's a fair number of people who are like, who the heck is this character? Way deep into season two of Discovery. It's like, oh, oh, did you not see that? Those short tracks, those actually are pretty important. We thought they might be, you know, throwaway things that, uh, yeah, whatever. They're just trying to get an extra buck out of me. And I've got to subscribe, you know, one month at a time to, to see 15 minutes of content. Uh, no, it actually was important, but they are doubling down, uh, 50% more down, I should say, on instead of four short treks, there will be six short treks. Ask mm. Not, Children of Mars, The Girl Who Made the Stars, Trouble with Edward, Ephame and Dot, or Ephem and Dot, and Q&A. So, yeah, all sorts of stuff. We've, we've seen um, Number One and Spock seem to be, I, I presume, the Q&A one, where they seem to be trapped in the turbo lift mm-hmm. and <laughs> talking about stuff. And I have to look at the video, and I totally forgot what the other things were that we saw. Was that all? we saw something with tribbles yeah they showed us a, a tribbly focused one they, they did say that of the six that four of them i think were going to be animated hmm. uh and they didn't show oh, any of that in the trailer which is interesting hmm. yeah if you want to see more of uh Ansel mount as pike um hmm. i'm sure he's in there for at least I, 30 seconds i, do. Like, I really hey, really I'll see do. you guys on deck two okay cool i would like <laughs> to see i don't know say like a five-year mission with him please <laughs> which was discussed right? it was teased teased yeah yeah but then he did, did he actually Kong have Kong. a five-year mission? I mean, how long before he ended up on the, the planet with uh, Vina and all that? Well, theoretically, or if, actually, if what happened? It was the the it was the uh, sorry, it was the uh, the warp core accident that, that caused this yeah. problem, right? If they if they're still like ten years pre uh, original series, there's enough of a window there to tell that story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hmm. Interesting. I'm going to bring him that. back as an old man at his family's vineyard eventually. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> Just reeling around with his lights blinking. <laughs> Yep, yep, too soon. Yeah. All right, <laughs> what's next? Uh, they also, Star Trek uh, Discovery 3, Season 3. Yeah, so the, the one note that I tagged Winter in here is, is just coming. That, yeah. that all of this content, including they did a, a little uh, breakdown for Star Trek Lower Decks, which is something that uh, I know Jaime's been uh, keeping us abreast of in the last uh, mm-hmm. little while. They sort of gave us some character outlines and a little bit more of, of the sort of plot of that as well. But yeah, Discovery Season 3, Picard, and Lower Decks are all listed right now as coming to DCBS all access in 2020 so we're not getting any more trek this year kids um which is i guess okay although i think all of us had our hopes on that when when discovery ended um was that march that we thought or april i guess i I think we all hoped that it would um we'd see something else this year whether it was picard or they were talking about doing the um captain georgia you know uh section 
called? Section 31. 30, 31 storyline. I, I think we're all hoping we would see more Trek this year. And it sounds like we might be getting those short Treks um, because those aren't listed as 2020. Those are listed as coming soonish. So maybe that'll be yeah. our last little taste. But uh, yeah, it's a, it feels like Star Trek is booming again with all these different projects going, but it's a shame we have to wait a little while. So Actually, there was a picture uh, posted by Jonathan Frakes um, of the QEW driving towards the CN Tower the other day. Well, he directed an episode in season two, and they're back because I saw um, the actor who plays Saru was <laughs> posted a picture the other day, uh, Doug Jones, of him shaving his head, and he said, mm. "Time to put the makeup back on." So they're they're back in town. Right. <laughs> uh, that was I think maybe two days ago. He posted right, that right. Um, mm-hmm. with him bicking his head because he has to climb into the Saru makeup again. So nice. All right. Yep. So a point of clarification because I uh, I heard the guys on the Greatest Discovery podcast get confused about this. So there are two animated series coming. One, uh, Lower Decks, is the more um, Rick and Morty, more adult-esque sort of humor show. But there is also, a, I want to say it's coming to Nickelodeon. There's like a kid's show. Oh, yeah, they did mention that. Did yeah. they talk about that? But they didn't talk about it at San Diego, did they? I, I didn't see. I was asking you because I, I didn't I didn't think I saw any, any news about yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't see anything. And again, I didn't watch all of the... Um, the uh, Q&As they did and everything, but I did not hear any details about that one at all. I think that one's probably further back in development. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's ready to go. So the other bit we got in uh, San Diego was a huge dump of Marvel news. Marvel announced uh, all of its Phase 4 movies. I think we kind of knew what was coming, but now we have official titles for everything. We also got the full slate of release dates for those, and we got the full slate of release dates for all the new TV shows for Disney+. Plus. And they also told us what they're going to have in phase five, but they didn't actually put any dates to it. Um, So this is pretty cool. So uh, we're looking at May 1st, 2020 for Black Widow. That's phase four, movie one. We're looking at November 2020 for The Eternals. Uh, February 2021 for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. May May 2021 for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which may be the greatest movie title I've ever heard. Uh, November 2021 for Thor, Love and Thunder. So that's Thor 4 for those scoring at home. And then uh, their TV shows, they announced Fall 2020 for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Spring 2021 for One Division, which is the uh, Scarlet Witch and possibly Vision, uh, Spring 2021 for Loki, Summer 2021 for What If, which is their animated What If comic book uh, adaptation, and then Fall 2021 for Hawkeye. And then we jump into Marvel Phase 5, which is 2022 and 2023. They announced that they're going to do Black Panther 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Captain Marvel 2, Fantastic Four, Blade, yes, Blade, and Mm -hmm. X-Men. So this is a really, really huge amount of Marvel content over the next four years. Um, I'm kind of staggered by all this. I'm I'm intrigued, absolutely. But uh, I mean, what's your takeaway from all this, guys? This is a huge announcement of stuff. It's it's a ton. Let's see if I can gather my thoughts uh, roughly in the order there. So so Black Widow, presumably a prequel, just uh, spoiler for her stuff um the eternals i had it as a link somewhere oh it's like immediately down below yep. sama hayek will be the first mexicana superhero um i'm not mm. familiar with eternals apparently ajak which looks like a dude here so i yep. guess they're changing the gender here yep. to make sama hayek on there so uh that's cool that's definitely gonna get a watch from me um 
Oops, I close the thing. Uh, Shang-Chi. So, uh, one, I, my understanding is he is a, a, a proud or perhaps secret Canadian. I'm not no, sure. No, no, proud Canadian. Very, very proud Canadian. <laughs> CBU. Yeah. And it, it, it sounds like he sort of uh, talked his way into getting the role, I guess. He's like, hey, what about me? Yeah, okay, come start a movie. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, he, he was on a few shows last year talking about how cool it would be to, to be in the Marvel Universe. And, and uh, he was on Q, Q Radio the other day. They replayed a bit. Uh, talking about all the uh, Orientals that are being represented uh, in various pieces, and yeah, this is like like same Salma Hayek. I don't mean to take away from her being the first Mexicana or Latino, I guess, star. Um, he'll be the first uh, Oriental star. He's Korean, actually. Asian, yeah. Asian. I think is what we're going to Asian. Well, is it? Yeah, he's basically. Um, star of uh one of the stars of kim's convenience, kim's convenience yeah very popular cbc show yeah yeah All right. uh, let's see then we got uh, dr strange you know more more good stuff definitely uh, i don't have a ton there because i don't know a ton that's going on there uh thor love and thunder a lot of stuff going on here so when um the live action akira akira movie is apparently on hold because taika waititi is saying i'm gonna go do this other movie first i enjoyed my time on ragnarok and uh apparently the uh triumphant return like actual return of natalie Portman mm-hmm. uh, as the presumed, uh, uh, you know, taking up the hammer, which I guess doesn't exist, but sort you of know, exists. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm sure there will be a new magic thing that turns her into, uh, you know, Thor, uh, very similar to what ended up happening in the comic books mm-hmm. uh, last few years. Yeah, so fill me in there, guys, because I mean, I know I've seen, you know, comic books go by, you know, my view of Thor as a female, but so what's the deal there? So in the comic books, Jane Foster is a character just like she is in the movies. Um, she was uh she had a relationship with um thor and in the comic books she was diagnosed with cancer and was terminal and uh in the storyline that they had she uh thor was sort of going through an existential crisis and sort of buggered off into space and uh she ended up coming in possession of the hammer and when she picked it up she was worthy and became thor and so uh she was thor for quite a long time over the past few years in the marvel comics universe uh, and a very interesting and compelling, well-written character is this very, very popular storyline that, uh, that that weaved through for several years. And so they've decided that, uh, you know, the time is now right as they're looking to uh, diversify the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and good on them for, for doing that. Um, as we're starting to sort of see, you know, uh, a little more progression and they wanted to uh, come back strong. So they they were able to pitch her that, you know, hey, come back into this, this universe again and you're not just going to be uh, you know the damsel in distress you're going to be a hero and uh, so that's a pretty interesting way to, to bring it all back around right right cool I'm uh, I'm kind of interested in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier I'm a little one it seems like an interesting pairing but I'm a little surprised that uh, that it's not Captain America and the Winter Soldier I, I kind of assumed that the Falcon had you know taken on the mantle uh, similar to how he had done in the comics well I think that's going right. to be the theme of the piece too I, I get the impression that it's it's about you know heavy heavy what is it? Heavy wears the crown or heavy, heavy hangs the head that wears the crown. Like I I think it's the idea of these two men who are so close to Steve Rogers, who are both potentially could have been Captain America. The idea of them sort of having to deal with a world without cap. I I think this could be really, really interesting um, character development series. If if it's done right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, One division. I don't know a ton, so I can't comment. Uh, Loki. I mean, I think, you know, we, we, we love the character. He was dead. Well, except that he's not. If, 
spoilers for Endgame. It could oh. be like a trickster. It could be you know a prequel. I mean, there's like lots of different things. But speaking of lots of different things, I think the what if is the really fun one because those are cool comics where it's like, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> what if like, uh, you know, what if Spider-Man got the Infinity Gauntlet? Okay, cool. Um, what if, you know, Gwen Stacy never died? Or what if, you know, uh, the thing was the head of the X-Men? You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's so much material you can get into with that kind of thing. It's going to be fun to see what they decide to tackle with that one. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye and cool. Black Panther. Definitely want to see more. It's going on in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> it seems like it might be a fun one. That's a uh, long time Captain to wait for those two. That movie, though, right? It's a shocking they're, they're one. That, not to interrupt you, Jaime, but the that was the one that mm-hmm. really caught me. Black Panther was a steaming train train of uh, a juggernaut at the film uh, at the box office. I can't believe that they're going to wait till 2022 or 2023. That's four years to come yeah. back strong again. Now, again, I get that they want to do it right and Ryan Coogler's schedule and, and you know, all those actors and everything else. But wow, four years. It, it, it's, it's challenging. Um, I think another challenge is Captain Marvel 2 because her character is kind of OP, a little, a little overpowered. So just like Superman, who is, is kind of difficult to write for, I, I think the, having a little bit more time for them to write out like, okay, what's the next level of what she has to deal with? Uh, the next three definitely catch my eye, right? So Fantastic yeah. Four, we've seen multiple iterations. This might be the one that actually cracks through and, and becomes one that people love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Blade is interesting because Mahershala Ali is going to be Blade, I was going to say, is, is that like long enough for the statute of limitations on Wesley Snipes' tax problems or what? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And it's going to be presumably a very different kind of Blade because Wesley Snipes was jacked and he yeah. was like, you know, black belt of some sort. I don't know, Kung Fu or Karate or something mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and you know very sort of you know, physically imposing ones. So I kind of wonder how this uh, might work uh, maybe as a more sort of a suave and intellectual kind of, of blade. And then of course uh, the X-Men who uh, despite the very confusing weirdness like the most recent you know Dark Phoenix movie seem like they are making their way into the main MCU universe now that everything has been combined with Disney and Fox. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't I can't believe they're going back to Blade already. This is this is the I mean you can look back and people talk a lot about how uh, the X-Men movie really was the sort of thing that jump-started the comic book uh, box office bonanza. But the truth is it was Blade. Blade was the first one that was really, really true to the character, but was its own story and really started to blaze a path for we can take these stories and do really interesting things with them on the big screen. And, uh, you know, yeah, they don't hold up quite as well you know, 20 years later, but those movies, they really, really, I think, opened some eyes in Hollywood as to what the potential of tapping into things like the Marvel and DC universe is really in-depth, not just a, let's put out a Batman movie over a couple of years, but let's start getting into these other characters that are on the bench. Uh, I think it's really bold that they're doing this. I think the fact that they've got this incredibly talented actor in Mahershala Ali to play this role, um, you know, apparently the the, the story that came out of San Diego was that he basically said, you know, hey, I'd like to play Blade. And Kevin Feige, who's, of course, the brains behind this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, was like, we were going to call you and ask you to do the same thing. So <laughs> it seems like a match made in heaven. He wanted to be this. They wanted him to be this. They say the time is right to revive this character um, and bring him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe properly. 
uh, I think this is really this is really exciting stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, just a couple other things that came out of this. So I, I tagged it. Obviously, we talked about um, uh, you know Shangxi and the, the Canadian connection there. Yeah, Valkyrie. So um, we had talked about this in our previous episode that there there was discussion they were going to have an LGBTQ plus character in the Marvel universe, a prominent character. We speculated a little bit as to who might be a good candidate, and now we know that Valkyrie is going to be the first um, uh, primary character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be LGBTQ+. Um, they haven't really talked much about how that's going to come to play, but it is going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. Um, and I think, yeah, again, just like so many of these other things we talked about, we talked about uh, you know, Shang-Chi, we talked about uh, The Eternals, we talked about you know uh, the, the female-led movies, we've gotten Captain Marvel now, we're going to get a Black Widow. It seems like there's a push towards you know, uh, a, you know, a more acceptable amount of diversity in in the characters that they're portraying, and uh, and this is another good step forward for them. I, I will nitpick a little bit and say that maybe they could have aimed a little higher with the prominence of the characters. She's been in a couple of movies, and again, she's an amazing actress, and I, I love her to death. But I do think that um, it's not like it was Black Widow or Captain Marvel or any of the, the headliners that got that um, that as well. So true. It, it, it starts somewhere and, and they're weirdly behind DC in this because you've had uh, Black Lightning uh, with the, the, the daughter character. I forget her name and uh, the upcoming Batwoman series. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it has to start somewhere. These are not, you know, admittedly the, the headliners like the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman sort of level or uh, the Tony Stark, Captain America, Black Widow level. But uh, it's good to see progress yeah. and, and continued progress. I think will be good. Yep. And that was something that, again, that when you look at the totality of everything that announced all the the phase four the phase five the tv shows and if you sort of step back and look at it all you sort of it is starting to be a little bit more noticeable that they're they're making an effort and i guess that's how it has to start right start making more of an effort start paying more attention start you know more diversity hires start hiring more women to direct movies start hiring more actresses and putting them in lead roles start hiring people of you know different skin colors start hiring people with different backgrounds start hiring people and and portraying people uh with different lifestyles like that's how it's got to start so good for them for starting and hopefully this is a trend that continues. So should we get into the trailer-rama? Trailer-rama. My trailer goodness. Trailer-o-rama. We got a dump of trailers coming out of uh, San Diego. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch all of these trailers. Um, so we got a Westworld Season 3 trailer. We got a Watchmen full trailer for the new HBO series that's coming up. We got a Preacher Season 4 trailer. We found out uh, Season 4 will be the final, final season of Preacher, which is uh, again, very disappointing from my perspective because that story should have taken 10 years to tell and it's only going to take four and I just, I can't imagine that ending in a satisfying way, but um, Snowpiercer TV show trailer. Uh, we got a trailer for The Witcher, which is uh, the Netflix adaptation of the books slash video games. Uh, and then, wow, we got, we got the trailer for the new Cats movie based on the uh, stage play of the same name, which we will save that discussion for last because that is just... <laughs> delightful uh so um from my perspective the ones that really stood out westworld was a head scratcher watchman was a head scratcher preacher looks awesome and disgusting and i I hope that they just throw just like what they did with happy season two i hope they throw it all up against the wall because they know they're going off the air i did not want to care at all about the snowpiercer trailer or the show Mm -hmm. because i love the movie and i thought how do you turn that into a show but they've got jennifer connelly and a great cast and it looks really good uh it's gonna be like the star lost on a 
train or what? Yeah, it honestly feels like it could like it could actually be a story that carries well for a longer period of time. So I'm I, I'm surprisingly invested now. Uh, I watched the Witcher trailer twice and I still have no idea what's happening in there. I, it just makes no sense to me at all, and I don't care if Henry Cavill's in it. I don't think I'm interested yet. Um, and wow, that cat's trailer. Well, we'll come back to that one. What, what did you guys uh, take away from all this? <laughs> yeah, I was also confused on Westworld season three. It's I mean they all kind of start out confused. Using, so we'll see what the what the conceit is for for this season um, in terms of like how they're going to play it. I mean, the, the first one was sort of a mystery of like what's going on. Second one is more like you know flashbacks and then you know coming back to to normal time. Uh, going on to Watchmen, Watchmen is one of those borderline shows. Like I I kind of feel like I want to watch it, but I'm not sure that I'm going to subscribe to to HBO or or Max specifically for that. So I might need it to tag along with like Westworld or. Um, final season of Silicon Valley or something of that nature. Mm. Uh, Snowpiercer, I uh, was also kind of pleasantly surprised. Oh, by, by the way, that one starred uh, Chris Evans mm-hmm. in in the in the movie. Yeah, so I still haven't still made it all the way through that movie yet. So I've I've got it set up on the PVR. I was going to watch the rest of it in the next couple of days, but I've never actually made it all the way through. Oh, it's so good! I love that movie. It's so weird. It's so weird, but it's so good. It's like Star Lost on a train. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Jaime um, has no idea what Star Lost is. And neither do you. Maybe. I do not know. I, I know of Star Lost. I have not watched Star Lost. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Witcher. Uh, it, it took me an embarrassing amount of time to realize that was Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching. I was like, why is this dude? Like, oh, that's right. It's Henry Cavill. That's who it is. No mustache. That's why I couldn't tell. That's right. um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the the cat's trailer. There's a there's a really good comment uh, here in the YouTube um, comments, which is pretty rare. But somebody says this is what the people saw in Bird Box right before they died. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's pretty bang on it's it's weird i, I want to see the behind the scenes because it has to be people covered in like full body green suits with just their face coming out yeah that's the only way i could see this working oh you see, do you think they don't think they're actual costumes like the last one i don't think so. it looks like a big pile of cgi poop okay with, with tons of like people you would know you know uh, and, uh, like taylor swift and jennifer hudson Elba. And, oh my god dude run and run away run away oh and, hey and speaking you know, of idris alba mm-hmm. have you heard that the next bond might be a woman well there is a new 007 who's going to be a woman sorry yeah new 007 yes whether it's i mean it may, oh, not, it may be jane bond or something like that but well no so apparently the uh then they, they announced a little bit of a teaser for the new bond movie and that it's going to be um james bond has retired from active duty and so they've reassigned right. his 007 honorific to a woman oh, who see, will okay. be 007 but of course james bond will have to be returning and whether or not he retakes his well, so 007 is a different matter. The operative question is, has anybody told Idris Elba yet? Yeah, well, yeah. That's what we I, I understand the fan support. I had my doubts just given Idris Elba's age as to whether you could build a two or three, four uh, movie franchise out of that because like, the big reason for moving off of Daniel Craig is like the dude's getting older, mm-hmm. right? It, it eventually happens. So yeah, I definitely understood the, the, the fan interest, but I was like, I don't know how this practically works when you're going to have like a decade of this person's life doing these movies. Yeah, right. Right. So, you know, I, you guys know I haven't watched any or most of The Office. So just, I've just caught the odd show here and there. But I didn't know that Idris Elba was in The Office. <gasps> That's right. He was like a, another manager 
writer or director yeah, or something, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. That's and, right. And they moved his name into a closet or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of connections there. You get the um, James uh, James Wood. Yes, I think it's James Wood or James Spader. I got to Google. Oh, yeah, I think it was James Spader, wasn't, wasn't it? James Spader was in it. Yeah, Ultron is in <laughs> is in there. Yes, that dude. Yeah, it's James Spader. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for what it's worth, also the the actress who's going to play the 007, uh not to like to fall too far down this rabbit hole, is Lashana Lynch, and she is also uh, black. So that's um, something is a of color, I believe you would say. Start uh, moving forward. Well, she's British, and I do not know what her heritage is. So I was going to uh, use a more rounded term like black. But okay. right. yeah, and I guess maybe as an aside, as we're talking about some of the progress and things. So uh, in the interim. Uh, it, in our, in, our, in our mini sabbatical here, we have seen Aladdin go and, and make tons of bucks. Uh, I think the Lion King is actually doing pretty good. Yep. Mm, making tons of bucks. The, the voices are, or the mouth movements are weird. But yeah, it's still making, making money. Though. Though. Yeah, apparently that didn't impact you know parents and children's enjoyment while they're eating popcorn. I did, I did hear movie. a review of it the other day by somebody who said it was like two hours of parents taking their kids to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds about right. Um, and, and, and along the, the Disney's remaking all the, the classic stuff out of their archives, uh, Mulan, we saw mm-hmm. a trailer for that, what? which yep. seems like it's not a retelling of the Disney movie, but seems like it's the Netflix Marco Polo version of Mulan, <laughs> you know, somewhat more realistic, somewhat more uh, grounded in, in combat. And the announcement of the casting for Ariel and the Little Mermaid yeah, and yeah. The, the internet Fewer, uh, it, pun accidentally, unintended, um, that people were, were very upset. But she, too, is black of some sort of thing. Yes. I, I don't know if she's American, so I don't know if she's who's, African American. Who's the actress? Not, but, Sorry. Uh, it's, her name is, I think, Haley Berry. I think it's not Halle Berry. Okay. It's Haley okay. Berry. I will double check that. But I'm, I feel like, because I remember her name being, um, I remember thinking, wow, that's really close to the very famous actress's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it has resulted in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nines or America's Got Talent host Terry Crews saying, hey, maybe I could be King Triton. Did you see how jacked I am and how appropriate I am for that role? <laughs> yeah, and then. apparently um, the singer uh, Lizzo wanted to play Ursula as well and has been campaigning for that, which I don't think that's a bad fit either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, All right. Could be interesting if they go down uh, this pathway, yeah. Oh, it's Hallie, okay. Hallie Bailey. Hallie Bailey. Hallie, Hallie Bailey, as opposed to Hallie Berry. Yes, Hallie Bailey. Is this oh, that's rough. That's like being Michael B. Jordan, real like. Yeah. What? Dang it. Why did there have to be this mega star with my almost same name? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hallie Bailey. Poor guy. Yeah. Tim, did you have any takeaways on any of these trailers? No, no, no. Watchmen is just weird. I, Watchmen has always sort of been a weird fit. Like it's kind of grown on me over the years. But yeah, it was come, you know, because it was it was completely different from a story point of view from anything DC or or uh, or uh, Marvel sort of threw at us. I can't even remember who Watchmen came out from initially, but it was DC. It was DC in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, but it was an interesting, interesting sort of. Hey, this is a whole completely different you know universe where mm-hmm. you know superheroes are not necessarily you know, the great guys kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's odd with the sort of what's the name of the character with the face that keeps moving around? Um, oh, Rorschach. Rorschach, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's sort of these Rorschach 
type clones. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure. The trailer doesn't give much away, but it doesn't. It just seems kind of weird. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm very curious to see how it fits into the grand scheme of of that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, again, it looks stylish, and the acting list it's on there is very impressive. And but I just don't yeah. know what to make of it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Westworld. I'm not sure. You know, Aaron Paul bring him back. That I mean, the whole idea behind Westworld is the Westworld is just one of many worlds, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, I kind of see that. Okay, they moved into another another part of the the you know Wonderland or whatever wherever they are, right? So, mm-hmm. so let's look at what your watch what's on your watch lists. All right, so well, I'll start off the watch list. Um, the one thing that I'm looking forward to, which I uh, imagine we probably won't have another episode before then. So, uh, I Zombie, uh, the series is wrapping up on August the first. Uh, it'll be the end of the fifth season, and that's the end of the whole run. Um, I'm glad they got this way to sort of uh, wrap up the storyline. Um, I'm uh, I was a big fan of the series. Really, really enjoyed it. I think I really love the chemistry of the actors. Um, you know, it was it sort of fell into being a little bit procedurally. Uh, you know, it was just a little sort of you know lighthearted police procedural um, with a little bit of sort of the horror sci-fi stuff mixed in. But uh, but I'm going to miss it. I'm 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 disappointed that uh, we're not going to get more of it. Just uh, not because I don't feel like the story's been told and it hasn't been done satisfactorily, but uh, it's just it's really good television. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they wrap it up on August 1st. Cool. All right. Jaime, what do you got? We got a couple here. One is a comic from Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial, which addresses the what is the truth behind Superman's weakness to kryptonite. Um, we'll have that in the show notes for those of you transporting at home. I don't want to reveal too much of that. It's a quick hit. Uh, sort of the longer one that I have as a pick is uh, Steve Shives' channel. The, he does the Trek Actually videos. I think that was a pick of my of the week, uh, you know, some number of episodes ago, where I did the uh, I chose the uh, Captain Jellico was a pretty okay guy um, from uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation when they did, and he's done a more recent one on why Jordy LaForge deserved better, in particular in his uh, the way the writers addressed his relationship to Leah Brahms, mm. and uh, I guess semi spoilers. It also covers the hey, you know what, Leah Brahms sort of deserved a little bit better too than than we got out of the characters in this uh, particular episodes. Mm. So I love his analysis of that. Um, agree or not, I think he, he follows these pretty thoughtfully and says like a lot of things. You're like, hey, wait a minute. That's right. That is what happened in that episode. Yeah. Let's, let's analyze that a little further. Yeah, I always felt like he did get the short shrift. Jordy's love life over the course of those seven seasons is really quite tragic. What about well, I got what a movie I mean, we're going to go see tomorrow? Oh, well, I'm going to go see uh, some Hollywood movie tomorrow. Some Something Hollywood really movie. long title in Hollywood movie. Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. But it's time in, in Hollywood. Hollywood during Charles Manson and Sharon Tate. <laughs> yes. Which, of course, I'm I'm familiar with that story. Are you familiar with that story, too? Yeah, absolutely. I read the book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. Well, there you go. I'm, uh, I'm curious to see. I, uh, you know, we talked about this. You know, you and I have been back and forth on uh, Messenger this week talking about going. And, of course, we're now we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was with this sort of stunning realization that it hit me as, you know, Tarantino has always said he only intends to do 10 movies. And this is movie number nine. And really? that's what Ooh. sort of hit me when you know, we were talking about, oh, should we make an effort? Should we go? And I thought, you know what? I, I want to see this movie in the theater because I, he's a great filmmaker. Like his last couple of movies, uh, Hateful Eight was a really, really interesting cinematic movie. It's beautifully shot. Um, and it made me think like, I, this is kind of a, you know, we don't, this isn't going to last forever. You know, Quentin Tarantino is a modern master. And if he's only going to make a couple more movies, you kind of want to make an effort to go see these things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, of course, in the back of my brain, I think, yes, clearly it won't last forever because 
human mortality. I did not realize that Tarantino had like a spawn timer that was going down. Oh, yeah. And counting down like every time he That's makes right. use of his powers, it diminishes him. Well, because they were talking about that in relation to the idea of him doing a Star Trek movie, which is something we've talked about in the past. And he's still openly talking about it as a possibility. He said, if he said actually just last week, he said, if I do that Star Trek movie for the record, that's my last movie. And that's a really, really? weird possibility, too. What? Yeah. So, Whoa. I mean, we're looking at, uh, you know, uh, this could be, and this, if you think about sort of the eras of his work, if you look at uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and Jackie Brown as sort of one era of his career, and then you look at uh, Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2, and Death Proof as a second phase of his career, where he was doing sort of the homage to the different genres there. And then you look at the third phase, which is uh, Inglorious Bastards, uh, Django, Hateful Eight, and this. They're all um, historical reimagining or historical fiction reimagined. Um, it's Those are sort of the three arcs of his career. It'll be interesting to see how he chooses his last film. Does he stay with this most recent arc of his career? Does he go a completely different direction and do something like Star Trek? But it's uh, either way, it's kind of a weird notion to think that, that if he keeps true to this thing that he's been saying for many years, this has always been his intention is to just do these 10 memorable movies and walk away. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, a weird thing to come around to. Yeah. This seems kind of weird, especially because he's, he's just, not a, he's not an, an older man. No, I was going to say, he's not like he, he's in his fifties, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That is odd. Yeah. It's kind of an odd proclamation to make in any case. Right. So, well, and again, who's to say that he can't, you know, change his mind. Kevin Smith said he was retired several years ago that he, he was just going to focus on podcasting and never make another movie. Okay. Guess what? And since guess then what? he's made like three movies <laughs> and one yeah. of them is about to hit in October. So yeah, I guess we all have the prerogative to change our mind, but either way, I think it's worth going and seeing this movie. He makes great films. They look great. Um, he is clearly, you know, a very special filmmaker. And, and, uh, I think like going and seeing, uh, you know, some other directors that are of that ilk, they really, you got to see their work in the best possible way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure. Um, so I guess that's it. So, Hey, Hami, if people want to get in touch with you, where would they find you? I'm on Twitter as at dev with a hair. All right. And Jonathan, if people want to find you somewhere, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at JPK news. All right. And my name is Timitra T I M M I T R A is where you'll find me on the Twitter machine with that handle. I will be speaking at Swift TO in August. So if you're a techie and you you go to that kind of thing. Check me out. I will be there. <laughs> I mean, are you speaking anywhere coming up soon? I will be speaking at uh, iOS Dev UK Ooh. in Aberyst with sorry Aberyst with Wales. That <laughs> is coming up in uh, first week of September. Sorry, I had to think. I was like Labor Day. What day is Labor Day? Nine, <laughs> you know, nine two to nine five. I want to say I'd have to look, but yeah, I'll be I'll be giving a talk there. Cool. Alrighty. Well, until that next time, we'll see you guys in the future. Bye. 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 If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the SpockCast website at SpockCast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at SpockCast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpockCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at Patreon.com slash SpockCast. You can find details on how to help us out on our website at spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future.
All right, now you two bastards. Now I have to go find a place to have a talk. Jeez. What? So now I need a place yeah, to go have a talk. Talk? <laughs> like a panel yes. at, like, Comic-Con or something. Oh. Like a Toronto <laughs> Comic-Con or something. Uh, that's too bad. Yeah. It's been so long that this Raptors are NBA champs seems like really old news because now Kawhi Leonard is like with the Clippers and Steve Ballmer. Hey, did we win the championship? I forget. You did. And I definitely, I'm definitely pro, pro giving you guys props. I don't have any skin in the game. Um, so I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I was just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's been long enough that I, I kind of forgot that fact. <laughs> well, I, I, just putting that there, cause that's going to be there on every episode. I can remember to remind everybody every episode going forward until they inevitably get wiped out next year so <laughs> until they lose and it can no longer continue that's right they're still the champs that's right exactly yeah. right well that was actually one of the funniest things that happened to us here in toronto because the uh the blue jays won the world series in 1992 and 93 and 94 was a lockout so they were the champions for three years because there mm. was no champion in 1994 so they carried the championship from uh october of 1992 and were the champions straight through until october of 1995 even even though they're they only won two titles oh because of the lockout, oh, the lockout right. they, yeah, they held the title a, and there was no other champion in the in the meantime they were just yeah that's good. a good like jeopardy question like this this team you know has more years than they have actual title <laughs> exactly. wins you know it's like what it's like who the heck is that yeah nobody will get it Nobody will get it. Yeah. Unless Jonathan's on the show. Yes. Nobody ever does. See, that would be an advantage if, if you had an idea of what the, the breakdown was going to be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people always do the geography stuff. They always do the literacy stuff. Uh, sorry, uh, not literacy. Um, literature. Literature, stuff. yeah, yeah. They never, ever want to touch sports and they never, ever want to touch science. So if, if you think that there's a chance there of getting a, a sports or a science one, like you, you go in and you bet big on those. Yep. Pray for that daily double. Right, right. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.